Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. You know what we love? Learning. Um, And we really want to thank Skillshare, which is all about learning, for sponsoring this week's episode. Skillshare is an online learning community for creators. With more than 25,000 classes in design, business, and more, you'll discover countless ways to fuel your curiosity, creativity, and your career. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right. Skillshare is offering a few things listeners, two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash a few things. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash a few things to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash a few things. Welcome to A Few Things, where we give our greatest discoveries the podcast they deserve. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. This show is brought to you by Avakind. Find out more and sign up for a newsletter at avakind.com. And leave us messages, 833-AVAKIND. Something we are extremely excited about these days is the book we wrote that we've been talking about forever. It's called Work Wife. It's about the power of female friendship to fuel successful businesses. And it comes out on March 5th. You can pre-order it at avakind.com, your favorite indie bookstore, or wherever else books are sold. Follow it on Instagram and probably some other social media platforms too at WorkWifeHQ. That's where you'll find info on upcoming events. And tune into this podcast where for the months of February and March, we'll be bringing you real talk from some of the workwives who inspire the crap out of us. Our workwife guests today are, I think, very well known to our audience. Oh my gosh, our audience knows all about these three. We have the trio from Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long-distance besties everywhere, co-hosted by Amina Tussauds and Ann Friedman and produced by the wonderful Gina Delvac. Gina, do you have a website yet? I do. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Is it hosted by Squarespace? Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. Any CYG listeners are so pleased and proud. Um, They they have launched in 2014 and have built a devoted audience of hundreds of thousands of listeners per episode. And you can also read more about them in our book. But hey, guys, we're so excited to have you. 
Hey. Thanks so much for having us. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, can we start by ha- asking you to tell us your meet cute story? I know it's like a multi-parter, but I, it's one of my favorite things about it. So a long, long time ago, there was a television show called Gossip Girl. The older people in the room might remember it. <laughs> um, the younger people should watch it on Netflix. But um, Anne and I were both invited to this Gossip Girl viewing party by a mutual friend. And by the end of the episode, we wanted to be friends with each other. And that's how we know each other from Washington, D.C. And we were friends. And then Anne abandoned me for the West Coast. Like a jerk. Okay, now I'm compelled to jump in, even if it wasn't my pre-delegated turn. Um, It was not not a personal abandonment. Um, It was the beginning of a long-distance phase of our friendship. Um, And, and yeah, I moved to Los Angeles after, I mean, there were some steps in between. But basically, I moved to Los Angeles where um, I met through another very close friend, the fabulous Gina Delvac, who was working in radio at the time. Um, and we were just kind of like part of the same, I would say, extended friend group here in L.A. And I, I believe it wasn't until Gina had met Amina as well that she sort of planted the podcast seed. But Gina might remember better than we do. Well, and I remember it a bit differently. So I met Amina at a gathering of women in Palm Springs. And I remember just being completely charmed and enamored as we sat stoned painting our nails by the side of the pool. Same, Um, same, Tina. I always associate you with nail painting. (laughs) I was like, who is this fabulous, fabulously dressed, intelligent, hilarious woman? I mean, no surprise because Anne keeps good people close. And so was delighted to make her acquaintance. And then my recollection is that Anne and Amina had always been talking about doing a podcast together. And Amina used to joke to me like, Gina, one day we'll hire you when we can afford you. And so I was always kind of like planting a seed of like, well, let's do it. This sounds really fun. And so, um, and then in early 2014, I believe there was an Anne and Amina solo car ride in, through Hollywood, California, where a domain was purchased, callyourgirlfriend.com. <laughs> Which is how we indicate our serious intent about virtually anything, um, buying the domain. We are the so, exact yeah. opposite. In this, fa- in this family, if we don't acquire copyright or domain, the thing is not real. That's how we roll. We have acquired exactly. domains for so many things that we have zero intention of ever starting, but we're just like, maybe one day we would or we could sell this. It's like the complete opposite approach. We just buy them with reckless abandon. We owned or own. I'm wow. not sure. Domain squatters. <laughs> we, domain squatters. This is, how, this is how you both are so rich. Now we own something but is called... is squatting if you fully intend to use it? I, you know, I don't know. We had we had, we legitimately spent like two hours a couple Sorting months ago. Through. Sorting through and being like, should we keep these? (laughs) Do we keep hot mess hummus or no? We kept hot mess hummus and we also kept Mm. hummus a little ditty. Two Um, possible hummus businesses we could start one day. uh, We also have (laughs) RateMyVC.com, which is like Rate My Professor, but for your investors. No, no. I think (laughs) RateMyVC.com is a very viable business opportunity. I just don't want to start the business. No, but we'll sell that to someone who we deem, you know, reputable starter of (laughs) RateMyVC.com. I'll talk to you about this behind. Right yeah, we'll take it offline. Right up my alley. <laughs> um, yeah. So when you decided to create a podcast, the three of you, 
how did you sit down and figure out roles? How did you carve out workload? So what's really interesting about this is that um, everybody came into the podcast with like their own set of skills, right? Like, or lack of skills. Anne and I do nothing about making a podcast in the sense that the mechanics of it, like, I don't understand how you go from talking to it's on iTunes. Like, I don't know how that workflow happens. And so for me, when, whenever we said, like, we need to do a podcast, I was like, well, some, one of us needs to know how to make a podcast, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it turned out that Gina was that person. And so, you know, automatically, for better or worse, like, the the editing of the show, the, you know, like, the, the mechanics of the show, and also truly, like, the person who holds the, like, show together was, like, that. there was no other person that that could be. Like, that had to be Gina. And for me, I was like, well, I guess I'm one half of the host, so I might as well, like, bring my best hosting self to the table. But I fully, like, did not understand even, like, what hosting a podcast was until Gina, like, really sat us down and was like, well, like, I can cut the show, but here are probably the things that you should talk about or how that could work or things that you should listen to to, you know, to, to understand, like, what's going on here. There were some podcast mixtapes involved in the piloting process. <gasps> oh, my God, love. what a gift. What a gift to give someone. I I love that. Um, and what what did you sort of see as your obvious role in all of this? Oh, my God. I don't know that I saw an obvious role, except much like Amina, I... Um, I thought that my part in this little experiment, which is like truly how I thought about it at the time, I was not like, we're founding a business and what is my title? It was right. Like, like to be, to be clear, we weren't doing any of that. We were trying out a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, it was more, it was more about, um, yeah, like bringing, bringing some sort of, uh, like editorial sensibility to the, like, let's be honest, just freewheeling conversations the two of us were having. And not always well. I mean, like, we didn't really have, we still don't really have, like, like a hugely structured format. I mean, I mean, honestly, just, like, continuing to show up in those early days is, is like, mm-hmm. how I thought of my responsibility. How did you feel what was your sense of accountability to each other and your sense of like we all need to show up consistently for this was it something you guys all talked about and agreed to or was it something that you all just sort of it knew that that you were all going to keep doing it I think it was a little bit bumpy at first because we did set out to do this while all of us had other jobs and we've maintained other jobs and roles since then but I think um With time, it was starting to get into a more consistent recording schedule. I also transitioned out of a full-time job and back into freelancing, which sort of freed me up to have that consistent, like, if we're recording this week, a thing needs to get edited this week. It needs to go out soon. Initially, we were much more sporadic. For me, at least, like, because I didn't think of it as work and we, you know, I always think that, like, the story of Girl Your Girlfriend is that we accidentally, like, made a company. Um, because we had checks to cash that we didn't know we would have to cash one day. Uh, I So I never thought of it as work accountability as much as, oh, I like these two people. I would like to spend time with them. And one way to be a good friend generally is to be a consistent person who shows up prepared most of the time. Mm-hmm. And so that was truly, like, that's truly what I was thinking. But also, like, you know, I've had a lot of other hobbies. Anne and I had dabbled before in, like, a blog. Um, 
And so I, you know, and I, I also know that if you don't do something consistently, then it means that you don't care, you know? And so it's as much like a barometer that I use to gauge for myself, my own interests, but also other people's interests. So while we never, I don't remember us having a conversation that was like, Hey, we're going to show up every week and do this. It was like, Oh, if we want to make this happen, like what about this for a schedule? And because everybody showed up, every week or every other week or however we were doing it, that indicated to me that it was a serious thing that we were trying to all learn about. I mean, honestly, it felt more like something, I mean, I've never been a book club person, but it honestly felt something more like that where you are putting a structure around what is more like a voluntary association of friends rather than like we are like starting a venture for the foreseeable years. And I think like, that your point, Amina, about like, how do you show you care about something? Like you turn up consistency and consistently and you try to pull your weight. That is the, the you know, was the governing principle um, for definitely for at least the first couple of years. What? Yeah. 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 Just to add to that, it seems like the first weeks and months we were really showing up for each other. And then with time, as we started to build an audience and a following, then there's also like any editorial product, right? And wanting to deliver for our audience as well. A few things with Claire and Erica this week is brought to you by Skillshare. Are you looking to discover a new passion, start a side hustle, or gain new professional skills? Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. One of the things we're super psyched about that Skillshare is offering um, are classes with illustrators and painters and I don't know, people who are just going to like get our creative juices super flowing <laughs> for the next couple of months. Um, there's so many creative writing classes, for example, on Skillshare that we had no idea were on there with big deal names that I feel like are definitely worth checking out. For example, there's one with Roxanne Gay called Creative Writing, Crafting Personal Essays with Impact. Um, hello, real expert. Ashley C. Ford has a class called Create, Creative Personal Writing, Write the Real You. And Emily Gold has one called Creative Writing for All, a 10-day journaling challenge, which for anybody who's ever wanted a journal, it feels like you should probably take a class on this if you want to stick with it. I don't know, at least in my experience, cannot speak for you. So join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. Yep, Skillshare is offering a few things with Claire and Erica listeners, two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash a few things. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash a few things. That's Skillshare.com slash a few things. Can't wait to see what classes that you take. How did it change the dynamic between you guys when you did start having checks to cash and it did become more than just a, a friend accountability, but it became a business? You know, I, I like, that's a question that is actually like really good, especially when it comes to like that specific part of it where it's like, okay, it's becoming a business. I know that like there is nothing in the world that would have made me start a business. Like if, if Anne or Gina or anybody I love was like, Hey, I want to start a business with you. I was like, goodbye. There is no reason that I like, I don't like logistics. I don't like admin stuff. I don't like, I just like money. I don't like the ways that you have to make money. <laughs> and we tricked you. Is what you're trying to say. We tricked you. Right. Like I just, it's a long time. It was like, Oh, we're all here. I just think that if we had done it in the structured way, like it's not a thing I would have been interested in doing. But so because like, and I think that for me, like my response, that context is in the sense where when then it became like a thing where we had to do admin, I trusted these two people. You know what I mean? Like there was never like a moment where I thought like, hmm, 
this is a bad idea to get business married to these people or whatever. I was like, oh, look at that. This little thing that we've been doing like consistently, like I'm so proud of us that we showed up. And also I need to step up a lot of the, the things that I don't care about doing and be present for doing them because, um, you know, like we, we generate revenue for three of us. So every person in our like in this enterprise, like needs to work enough. So if anything, like I'm always coming from the perspective of like, God, I don't do anything here and I need to like do more. And because of like, because of the friendship and because I admired both of them, I was like, I, I am willing to do this. And it turned out that it was fun also. So I'm glad that I did. Um, we've, we've yeah. talked. Before. Oh, go ahead, Gina. No, I just wanted to jump in because I feel like Amina is underselling her own contributions and skills here. Um, you know, those friends where it's like you, you have, you have friends where like you have some friends that make good roommates. You have some roommates that make good friends. You have some people that make good business partners and like there can be a deep kinship or relationship separately. I just want to shout out Amina, Amina Tussauds and Ann Friedman as two of the best coworkers I could ever imagine in addition to being great friends. So we had enough experience doing the show too, to know that adding that dimension of business, of accountability, of this deeper kind of, contractual piece of the relationship like there are no two people I would have sooner jumped in the boat in that realm with because they're so bright and so capable yeah, lovely yeah. sentiment it's really lovely and it's something I you just said so much more articulately than I think we have ever figured out how to say because people ask us all the time about like well were you who's worried the right about, friend or yeah, like, yeah. Or just like were you worried about ruining mm. the friendship and it's like well I have a million or not like a million but you know I have lots of friends that I'm really close with but there's I don't know if there's any others I would have started a business with like that was the we knew that about our friendship, that it was the type that could lead to what it did and it could support a partnership too. Um, I love the, mm -hmm. the, the roommate line. <laughs> it makes sense. I love, I love you saying that too. I love you guys saying that too, because, you know, and I'm sure that you both get this a lot, Claire and Erica, like people will come up to you and be like, I want to do what you do. And then they're like, and you're like, what? You know, and then they'll probably say some word like entrepreneur, or I want to start my business or whatever. And then you go, yeah, but like, what do you want to do? And then they can't actually articulate it. Mm -hmm. I think that there are a lot of people who have an idea of a thing that they want to be or a thing that they want. Like they know the goal, but they don't actually like think through all of the steps to get there. And that always ends up being like a very dangerous place. If you, especially like when you put your friendship into play, because the scenario that I always see is like, Oh, I want this thing and this person seems like the person who will get me there, yep. you know, where you just like assume that that's what is going on. Whereas like, Oh, we both like don't know what the fuck we're doing. Mm -hmm. And you know, like in one way it's like, it's easy. I always say that it's easy to work with your friends, but the reason, the only way that it can be easy to work with your friends is if your friendship is good and your work is good separately. And then mixing those two things like seems like not a combustible idea. But if you, like, if any one of those things is in the balance, like either the friendship or your work ethic, then you're definitely going to have problems. Or even if your goals aren't aligned, then you're also going to have problems. Absolutely. What have you three learned about your work ethics and your working styles um, that makes you good partners over the last four years? I guess I don't feel like, speaking for myself, like I don't have a work style full stop. Like I have certain ways I like to do certain aspects of work, like certain modes of working within call your girlfriend. I would not tolerate or would not like 
um, feel comfortable uh, with, like in like a different kind of professional context, um, because we do have such a high level of trust. So it's a little bit of a weird question where, I mean, maybe this is like, oh my God, I don't even know how to define my own work style full stop. But Mm -hmm. I do think that um, over time, we have sort of figured out which things for each of us are like, oh God, this is like really stressful and I try to avoid it. And we have also naturally sorted ourselves into corners of the business, not dealing with like our core titles of um, hosting or producing and editing the podcast that make the most sense with what we either want to learn or what we're pretty good at or what we're at least not like terrified to try. Um, (laughs) Um, And, and so I, and so I think that like, you know, um, because of maybe something kind of baked into this from the beginning, because we started it as a thing where we all wanted to learn, you know, I mean, um, Gina was like, I want to like leap into podcast world and apply my skills in that direction. And Amina and I were like, you know, if, comedy bros can do this. We can learn to do it too fairly quickly in the hosting department. And, and, you know, um, the idea that we were all going to kind of just figure it out, I mean, um, is still, I think part of the understanding when we're working together. So like if I screw up something related to our merch, which is like a corner that I oversee that does not show up in my title, I feel Gina and Amina are very understanding because they know that merch is not like my core competency or like something that I'm really, um, I build myself as like a merch expert. Like we're all kind (laughs) of in this thing and learning. And I think like for me more so than like work style and understanding that we are all really doing our best and working hard (laughs) and, um, and trying to respect that about each other is more important perhaps than the questions of like, I don't know, like, like sitting down and dividing things up, like in a more, I don't know, like, a, I know it was more foresight or more forethought, you know, we kind of, we, we've got like a natural sorting process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, but another thing too, that I think happens because, and, you know, and maybe it's also because we're women is that, one thing that I have been really like struck by in our work style, and I've worked with a lot of women before, and I've never seen this, is that somebody always picks up the ball in like call your girlfriend world. It's like, oh, we need to figure out how to do, you know, like this weird tax thing is happening. And I'm just like, I don't even know how to spell taxes. Next thing I know, like <laughs> somebody's like figured it out. Or, and like watching you like set up our merch store, like to this day, I'm like jaw, like wide open. Like what? Like the amount of just like work and, you know, processes and so much that happens. Like for a thing that you didn't know about, I think you like felt your way around really well. And Gina, like the same way, like the way that you are, are like have been our, you know, tax person for so long and the way that you deal with like all of our uncomfortable, like legal and like financial conversations that we need to have. Like nobody writes a sexier email than Gina Delvac that like needs to go to a grown up. She's the most like grown up email writer I've ever seen. If you let me handle the emails of this business, I would only send exclamation points and like and question marks. We know about and, like, you no and words. your canned Google no responses. Punctuation. <laughs> but you know what I mean? And so it's like so so even back to your question about like a work style, like I, I don't know that I can define like work a couple you know, like a specific work style for either of them. But I do know that there is 
there is something about your work ethic and your consistency and your just like your ability to like figure things out even that you're afraid of or that you've never done but like this is the only reason we can do a podcast you know and it all mm-hmm. and everything from like the show that you hear you know like the thing that you hear on on apple podcast sorry we don't call it itunes anymore anything <laughs> that you hear on apple podcast to you know the nitty-gritty of us like paying for our music license or figuring out like some weird banking thing or, and figuring out like how to get our merch to every single stop on the tour, like coordinating that like weeks in advance on a small time crunch. That all to me like speaks to working with two people who always just want to do excellent things and people who are curious and people who are kind and people who like care a lot about their coworkers. And so again, I was like, you know, like now I'm like, if they came to me and they're like, Hey, let's figure out submarines. I'd be like, that's crazy, but let's try. (laughs) (laughs) You you know what you're doing. Clearly. Oh my God. I just picture like you sinking beneath the surface in a sub, like goodbye forever. Somebody will definitely (laughs) die. But guess what? I'll be like, Oh, and figured it out. The submarine thing honestly, like to me speaks to failure mostly because we don't talk a lot about the things that we don't do well. And to be clear, like we haven't had like a ginormous failure in our, in our business. But I know that for me, one of the things that always has like traditionally stopped me from trying new things is that I am afraid to fail. I'm very good at doing the things that I'm good at. And I'm very good at, you know, sticking to the adjacent things that I'm good at, but some like new, like big, scary, hairy goal, like, no, thank you. And working with Anna and Gina is the first time that I'm not afraid to fail at something because I feel supported. And that's like, that's huge for me. That's huge for anybody. I, I mean, I feel like the really succinct version of, of everything you just said, which was a money quote you gave in the book, which you said, like a true marriage of women, someone always picks up the slack, um, which I thought was was lovely sentiment. Um, can we ask you one last question? Um the idea, the whole premise of the show is that you're not all in the same place. So how do you deal with the logistics of not being in the same place? Like day to day, how are you interacting? How are you talking? How are you s- scheduling and all that stuff? The group text is popping. Um, <laughs> always. Um, I would say like most distributed businesses in 2018 and beyond 2019. Um, yeah. Texting, emailing, Phone, weekly phone calls are kind of like the backbone structurally of what we do. There are these kind of funny, quirky like habits we've gotten into. Like I'm a late night worker. And so when I publish the show, which goes out on Friday mornings, it means I'm almost always up later on Thursday night finishing up. So like there's always my midnight, like here's the link, here's like the embed code, here's all the stuff, here's when it's going out, like find the episode here. Um, so I think, you know, all the tools that we have available to us. Um, and then I think, you know, another logistical thing about it, and in some ways it's an asset, is, like, we tend to work different hours. Um, but, like, in what Amina was saying, someone's always picking up the slack. That also kind of extends across time zones, across who can take what call, who's going to finish what, who can address an emergent issue. Um, we have some kind of breadth in that area that I think is really valuable. For your weekly calls, do you have a regular agenda? Yes and no. I mean, there's always, you know, we always have business items to discuss. We always have editorial items to discuss. But beyond that, it's, you know, as you can hear, things are um, not, I would say, like overly formalized and structured. It's kind of more 
we each are giving what we can when we can and meeting the other needs as they arise. So you guys recently like upended this dynamic by going on a pretty lengthy tour together. Um, how, how did that impact your working style? I mean, it obviously is like a huge disruption to our status quo <laughs> because it was... I You're mean, seeing each I other mean, every day. It, it was, <laughs> well, not that so much yeah. as it was a thing... Like it was very different. It would be very different if we had decided to take three weeks and just work on the podcast and like our, the business side of it, like that would have been one thing. But like what we decided to do was layer a tour, nine date live tour with like very little logistical support on top of normal podcast work which did not pause Mm. so like that is the context for understanding the tour which is like less about occupying space together I mean we were but we were occupying space together to do a slightly different thing than like the show we do week in and week out and so um like look I'm sure it would feel amazing to have three weeks where we could devote all of our time and resources to just all the stuff that we never get to because we're so far flung with the show. Um, but like we're, we're three busy women. And so that was not the tour. <laughs> it was a very different kind of thing. It was almost like a, um, I don't even know how to describe it, like a pop-up or something like that. Like something you would layer on top of your existing work and business. Um, you guys, it is always such a pleasure to talk to you. You are, you're the gold standard in, in girlfriend podcasting for us. Um, and we are so grateful for, for, for all the conversations and advice and friendship. Thank you all. That's the show. If you liked this episode, you will love our book, Work Wife, out March 5th. It can be purchased on ofakind.com, your friendly local bookstore, anywhere else books are sold. Also, write us a Goodreads review. This has been a production of Dear Media. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. Follow us at Of A Kind on Instagram and Twitter and like our Facebook page. If you have ideas or requests for the show, email them to a few things at ofakind.com. To advertise on the podcast, that's advertising at ofakind.com. Our intro music, Butterfield East, is written and performed by the Soulful Saints, and we are recording at Alex's house. Do you know how we've been asking everybody to call and leave us messages at 833-OF-A-KIND? Well, people have been doing it. You guys have been leaving amazing messages and we wanted to start playing some of them at the end of the show. So here goes. And please leave us more messages. We love them. Hi, Claire and Erica. This is Eden Lepucky, your former guest and favorite novelist. I just wanted to call and say that I really think, Claire, you should not get the giant giraffe for your child's nursery. I know it's cute, but it's going to be a big waste of space and it's not cuddly and I just I just can't emphasize enough how much you will not need this giraffe and your child will not need it um that's really all I'm also really excited that Alex is a girlfriend thanks for the show bye guys we are so grateful to Skillshare for sponsoring this week's episode of a few things Skillshare is an online learning community for creators. With more than 25,000 classes in design, business, and more, you'll discover countless ways to fuel your creativity, your curiosity, and your career. We are really into the classes with Leah Gorin, who is an illustrator with Roxane Gay on creative writing. Ugh, there's a lot to jump into here. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right, Skillshare is offering a few things listeners two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash a few things. 
Again, go to Skillshare.com slash a few things to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash a few things.